When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to Long Shots, golf betting podcast here on the VEASAN Podcast Network. I am Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Wes Reynolds and Kelly Bidlin. This is the Farmer's Edition, and guys, if you're listening to this, Go make your bets. This thing starts on Wednesday. Right. Don't, don't hang around. Like, yeah, don't start. Don't hang around. Don't think like, ah, you know what? I'll put it off. I'll remember to do it tomorrow at lunch. That's going to be too late. Don't do it. Don't wait till tomorrow at lunch. Go in. Take what we say here on this podcast. Love it. Leave it. Whatever you want to do. But uh, be sure and get your bets in before they tee off early, early Pacific time on Wednesday morning. They are trying to avoid going head to head against the two championship games. And so this thing will end on Saturday. So, Wes, the big story heading into this, and I'm sure this is something you talked about in your column over on VEASAN.com, is the fact that, as we know here in Vegas, and it's even worse over in California, it has been very, very wet over the last several days, and that takes a south course that is already the longest course on tour and makes it play about another couple hundred yards longer. So the south course is just going to be an absolute bear, at least on these first couple of days. Yeah, because ordinarily with rain, you're like, okay, it's going to soften it, the course and make it easier. Uh, not the case here, especially on the south course, uh, you know, almost 7,800 yards, the longest course on the PGA Tour, by the way. And because of, you know, not only the marine layer and the cooler temperatures and the weather that they've had out in San Diego, plus the fact that you do have four inch rough. And you're actually also going to have that on the north course, too. So the north course, which plays about two, two and a half strokes easier is probably going to play a little bit harder than it normally would, even though it's only, you know, 7,250 yards, the Weisskopf design. That's usually where you can make some scoring, and it's still going to be easier. But they only play that one day on Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's a south course for the final 36. So, yeah, it's going to make it more difficult. The rough is going to be thicker. Uh, the rough around the greens especially is, is going to be difficult because you're going to miss greens here. These are only like 5,000 square foot greens, some of the smaller ones on tour. So you're not going to just hit, you know, 
driver, wedge, pitch, and putt here, you're going to miss a lot of greens. So, yeah, this is going to play a lot more difficult than even it has in years past. And it is not a traditional rotation deal like we saw last week, guys. This is It's two courses. They will only play the north course once, and there will be three rounds should you make the cut over on the south course. So, Wes, uh, you know, a lot of emphasis is going to be looked at from all of our statistical standpoint from the south course. But with the north course, it plays five, 600 yards shorter. It's a lot more gettable. It's not up against the, the water. It's more inland. There should be a little bit of protection if there is any sort of breeze, any sort of, like, any sort of thing like that. So we have traditionally seen the scoring in this tournament happen on the north course. Yeah, and 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 it is a shorter course, as you mentioned. Uh, more tree line, just 42 bunkers, whereas you have double that amount on, on the uh, south course on the Reese Jones uh, redesign. Uh, a lot of the greens are open fronted, so you get a lot of bump and run uh, runs here. Greens are bent grass. Of course, on the south course, they're POA. So, uh, yeah, the, the, these greens run very pure on the north course. Uh, and I think last year there was about a two-and-a-half shot difference between the, the uh, north course and the south course. Average uh, under par was like 1.85 under par, 70.15 as a total score. So, yeah, the, the, the redesign, though, they did redesign it a few years ago, so it has been a little bit more difficult. But that is where you usually – you know, are going to have your low numbers. Not that you can't have them on the South, but in recent years, at least it's been the North course where you can do the scoring in the first two days. Kelly, as you started to look at, at these courses, yeah. uh, we talk about the, the, the South course being just an absolute monster. The other thing I think that we have to take into account is the fact that this has been typically very tough, rough, and now we are likely to have rough that with all of this rain either grew up or is at least going to be wet, a little bit tougher to come out of. And so maybe a little bit more emphasis even than before on some of these guys that are maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit better with those super long irons and things like that, that has been a, you know, we don't, we don't plug in a ton on like who's great from like 225 out and things, yeah. you know, because that's not really today's game but that's probably something that we looked at a little bit more this week yeah i think it's uh i mean i mean just with the length of the course i think it's you got to be looking at guys that are either long off the tee or if they're not going to be long off the tee got to be able to hit those long irons well but yeah i'm really interested to see i i think scores could potentially be you know pretty low here and you know i don't think we're, we're not going to see anything well, low scores, I mean, finishing score, like it may be in single digits, something like that, not minus 25 or anything yeah. that we've seen past a couple weeks. We know this all, we know this always plays tough. It's one of the toughest courses these guys see every year anyways. But like you guys talked about with the weather already, this, this rough on the south course is supposed to be grown out more than, you know, more than it was in years past. Anyways, like you guys talked about, if that's wet, I, it did, it did change my handicap a little bit this year where you're talking four inches of rough and if it's kind of wet and they're, they're already saying the course has been soaked kind of all week so they're even worried how it's going to be played kind of tomorrow and friday from that being affected even if it's not raining tomorrow and friday while they're out there so i you know i looked a little bit more you know at, at accuracy off the tee uh, you know as well as that distance we know the distance is important here but i looked a little bit more on accuracy this year than i have in years past just cuz i think i think there could be some trouble some scrambling this week if you get caught in that rough yeah it's going to be interesting and we'll certainly go in and 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 break all of this down as we get going here take a quick look here at the odds board and you know listen we're we're it's a it's a post John Rom 
PGA Tour, Rory is not playing in this tournament. Whatnot. So you look at the top and the nine to one actually sits with Xander Schauffele over at DraftKings, 11 to one on Patrick Cantlay, 11 on Colin Morikawa. Max Homa is sitting at 12. Then we get into some of these names that if you're not a golfnik, maybe you're going like, what the hell is, how are these guys so yeah. short? But these are big time up and coming, big time players, guys that everybody is super excited about. Minwoo Lee, Ludwig Bear. Uh, I mean, we've got, then you kind of get into the the steadfast guys in the Tony Finaus, the Sung JMs, Jason Days. Then you get into these other guys where we know it's a roll of the dice, right? Saith Thagala, all the talent in the world. Can he can he get it done for four rounds? Keegan, the heartbreaker of this podcast, that nobody's broken more hearts than Keegan Bradley <laughs> on this podcast. You know, and and then you get a little bit lower, and it's some guys that I think that maybe we'll talk about, and I don't know if they end up on people's cards, but some interesting names, certainly from a modeling standpoint. Eric Cole seems to pop in every single model every single week. Nikolai Hoygaard is sitting in that 35 to 40, 45-ish range. Harris English, who's had some success on tracks like this. Will Salatoris bounced back to look like at least a little bit closer to himself last week. His odds have shrunk a lot. He's down to 50 to 1. So going to be some interesting stuff to talk about here as we get going. But Wes, let's, uh, let's get into what you valued this week as you were putting stuff into your model. Yeah, um, and and we start with the driving, of course. I think you got to have a good uh, mixture of uh, distance and accuracy. So I did total driving. That's not something I usually model. Uh, 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 I just, you know, kind of went by what we saw last season uh, with total driving here. Uh, approach, of course, uh, you're going to have to be good with the irons, especially uh, very long irons. So I did proximity 175 to 200, also did 200 plus. And then uh, from around the green, and I valued that a little bit more this week than I normally would, I combo of scrambling and strokes gained around the green uh, is what I did this week. And then strokes gained putting POA, because you are going to be putting on this POA for three rounds. And these greens, by the way, are pretty fast, 12 and a half on the stint meter. But like we get with POA greens, they can be unpredictable and they can be bumpy in certain spots. And all of a sudden you hit a pure putt. And then it hits a bump and all of a sudden you miss. So you got to be used to these and they don't play much POA except for the West coast. They have some East coast POA like at the travelers, but it puts much more pure than the West coast POA. I think uh, uh, bogey avoidance I included. And then a couple of the scoring stats just for context, uh, 450 to 500 strokes gain par four, six of the par fours on the South course or of that length uh, strokes gain par five as well. I think you're going to have to take advantage of the par fives because yeah. you're going to make bogey here you're gonna miss greens here i think two of the par fives are like 550 to 600 and then a couple of them two of them are over 600 yards so i didn't go with the yardage there i just went with the strokes gain par five but yeah you're gonna have to take advantage of those because i think that this place is gonna play tougher this year yeah kelly i um i really really leaned into off the tee driving distance total driving and par five was really what I leaned to, into very, very hard here with this mm -hmm. one. Um, the par five scoring at this course is basically where you have to make all of your numbers. If you look, we are talking one, two, three, four, five, six different holes that have at least a 23% bogey rate. So one out of every four guys is going to bogey six of the holes that are out here on this course. And you start to look and it's, Oh, 
you get to hole number you you get to hole number six, a forty two percent birdie rate. You get to hole number nine, a thirty percent birdie rate. A hole number thirteen, another thirty percent birdie rate. Hole eighteen, a thirty five percent birdie rate. Birdie rate. Birdie rate. Those are all par fives. I mean, all of the scoring has to be done on par fives, and so I leaned heavy into not only par five scoring just in general, but long par five scoring as well. Yeah, uh, that is, uh, yeah, something I looked at heavily. Um, it is, I, look, I think any tournament that we talk about when you see four par fives on the card, that's always going to be something that's included uh, in my in my model. But specifically the importance this week, yes, is is overwhelming of where you have to be able to score the score here. And then it goes back to, you know, what it, it all starts, it, it all starts, at, you know, with the type of player where you've got to get distance somewhere. So just go back to what I was saying before. You, you either got to be, you got to be long off the tee or you got to be good with, you know, long iron play, right? And we, there are guys, I, I think there's probably more guys on tour than people realize with that. Like maybe, you know, a call more cow is a good example, right? It may not be the longest guy off the tee, but he is great with long iron play. So I, there's a lot of guys like that out there on tour that you can make up for that distance lost off the uh, lost off the tee sometimes but you got to look that way so yeah just overall you guys hit basically on everything um off the tee stuff really important here every single year so, so yeah strokes gained off the tee total driving driving distance factor that all in um and then you know strokes gained approach i looked at the proximities 175 to 200 plus par fives par four 450 to 500 i think we have six uh that fit that in that range here on the south course um, and then, you know, it, just, uh, you know, go back to what I said a little bit earlier, did factor in scrambling a little bit more scrambling yeah. around the green play yeah. more this year than I have in years past. It doesn't mean I'm, uh, I, you know, it's the heavy, you know, the heaviest thing for me, but it's up there. It's up there for it. It's up there this week. And, and again, just heavier than I've looked at it in years past is what I put it like. Yeah. I, um, the other thing was that I leaned into that. I think maybe more than people did this week was kind of the around the, just the short game stuff just in general yeah. all of that type of all of that type of stuff um if you look historically here again a tournament that is played here every year so we have a good bit of of history and what has worked at Tory and guys in their short game that have done well have consistently placed inside the top 10 at this if you're gaining on that yeah. short game and then the other thing is just as, you know, bogey avoidance slash three putt avoidance, that type of stuff, because we're getting a, a deal here where, listen, you're going to get bogeys anyway, just because of the nature of the course. And if I need guys that aren't going to get sloppy and just have sloppy bogeys out there. And so something else that I leaned into pretty heavily when it was uh, when it was factored in and so got some interesting numbers that were that were popped up and, you know, we'll get to our we'll get to our plays, official plays here uh, in just a little bit. But for me, I don't know about you guys. I could have probably, if somebody would have said here, you're going to plug in this and then like hit run and see what the model looks like. I would have guessed with 80% accuracy, eight of the top 10 names that showed up at the top of my, yeah. like, like just knowing like who is in this tournament and what I found important and whatever. But then there's two where there was a, there are a couple in a couple of different versions where I'm like, what the hell? How did, how did how did he end up in there? But uh, Wes, I don't. I mean, it's you know, Xander, Colin, Cantlay, yeah. Homa. So, like, it's just like I, I could have guessed that like blindly, you know, as to where they were going to show up in the models. Yeah, it, exactly. Because I think you, you do got to kind of value both a little bit. Just if you look at the recent history of who who has won this event, yeah, you've had bombers uh, in the last decade or decade plus here: Luke List, John Rahm, Tiger. 
Bubba Watson, uh, Rose can get it out there off the tee. So can Stallings. Uh, and then you've had like mid-range guys that have those really elite short games. Patrick Reed, Jason Day, Brant Snedeker, Ben Crane. Not exactly a long hitter. Uh, yeah. Granted, that was 2010, but one here. Because when you look at the length of the course, you're like, oh my God, you know, you just got to go just driving distance here. Mm-hmm. And that's who's going to win. But these fairways are pretty darn narrow as well. You know, they're less than 30 yards wide. So you're going to miss fairways and you're going to get in that uh, that four inch thick rough. So, yeah, you got to do a little bit bomb and gouge. But the fact that the rough is that thick too around the greens short game is so important this week. Yeah, I was I was pretty shocked, Kelly, at some of the some of the names towards the top. And honestly, I'll admit I not all of them made it into onto my betting card in some way, shape or form. Um, were you pretty, were you pretty chalky with the way that, that your model ended up? Yeah, I think I, well, well I think we're, there's interesting ranges. Like, like you said, I think if I'm looking at, I'm looking at one, I could have guessed eight of these 10 names, you know, in the top 10, probably. I think what's interesting though, is probably the names that are kind of in the 10 to 20 range that shoot up there. And I, I know there's one, there's one, there's one guy, uh, one guy I know West Bet as well that I'll, I'll bring up I'll bring up later on that is a pretty big name. I just I just really it has kind of been off the radar uh, recently, uh, and was kind of kind of uh, intrigued by how he was spiking. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, for, but for the most part, yes. The b- bunch of the guys in that top ten, I could have guessed. And it is, I mean, it is it is Shoffley, Cantley, Morikawa, Homa. Those top four, you know, in in some order with everything. Uh, one thing of note, guys, uh, if you put in bets super early for this tournament, uh, Justin Thomas has withdrawn from this tournament. Yeah. So if you had yeah. him on your card, uh, it's not in there anymore. So go in and, and if you want to bet somebody yeah. else. He was there. right there last week at the Amex. So mm-hmm. he got a good enough finish that qualifies him for the next designated events at, at Pebble Beach. I think he had to get in like the top 30 or something in points. Uh but, uh, and, he, and he could have fallen out of that, right? That's yes. why he's skipping this more. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So I think he's like four or five spots clear. So uh, he's going to withdraw. Uh, wasn't the only Alabama guy that withdrew. Of course, uh, we got to do. We do got to bring up history was yes. made. Unfortunately, yes. uh, you know, sore spots here. But Nick, <laughs> Nick Dunlap, uh, first amateur since uh, 1991. Phil Mickelson at the Tucson Open. First amateur to win on the PGA Tour, Nick Dunlap, about 300 to 1. I think he was 400 to 1 at some places. Uh, the Alabama golf coach was there watching him and Justin Thomas in the final pairing with uh, with uh, Sam Burns, who uh, looked like he was going to win the thing. Uh, you know, sorry for you guys. I didn't have a guy. I didn't have, I had one was my closest guy, and he wasn't going to win. So, yeah, uh, Nick Dunlap. Uh, Decision to make though he is ret- he was supposed to be in this event this mm-hmm. week he was 150 to one so he was cut and he was discounted but returned back to Alabama I have a feeling he's going to finish this go- college golf season in Alabama and then he may turn pro after the Open Championship because keep in mind he's a defending U.S. Amateur uh, winner so he's in the U.S. Open he's in the Masters he's in the Open Championship and when he turns pro he has the two year exemption now to oh, 2026. So he may wait on this play by college golf season, try to win an NCAA championship, play in all these majors and then turn pro like around late July or August. That's what I think he's going to do. But he is a withdrawal this week. Yeah, Yeah, I I was kind of it was kind of reading through all that and reading through all that afterward, Wes, where I was kind of like, all right, he's either going to turn pro in the next like week or it's going to be after he finishes this golf, uh, this college golf season. 
The part I hadn't factored in, though, is you're right. Him winning the the amateur, he's qualified for everything. Yeah, I mean, after winning this majors. tournament and that, you're qualified for majors in three, what, two and a half years on the PGA Tour. And 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 look, he could probably get a sponsor's exemption if he wanted. He can't get into the designated events right. yet. So, okay. That's you know, he, yeah. he, I, I believe, though, he's in the century next year if he chooses to turn pro and uh, play in that event because of a, the obviously the event win. But, yeah, this guy was looking at his golf ranking. He's like just outside the top 60 in the world right now. In the official world golf ranking. Sorry, I'm very distracted by what's on Golf Channel right now because it's Rondé Barber and Bernard Longer together talking about something, and I have no clue what that could possibly <laughs> Bernard, be. by the way, just announced this will be his uh, final Masters. Okay, uh, there you go. Way to tie it back in, Wes. There Thank it you. is. There it is. Comes around. Yes, uh, those of you who have been longtime Long Shots listeners, you guys have now felt the pain with us two weeks in a row. Uh, we the the pains of golf betting yeah. have come around uh, two yeah. weeks in a row now for us as we were uh, we were on somebody who was right there to win the tournament right up until the very end. Your, your and this was probably more painful than my Adrian Moronk on the DP because it was like you know what I'm going to fade Rory at an event he owns and. Sometimes the favorite's going to win, and and Rory did, by the way, over at the Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah, it uh, it's brutal. I will say this: I often have complained about the betting options here in uh, Nevada. I will say this, and I say this proudly, and this has nothing to do with the fact that we have a relationship with these guys or anything like that. Circa brings an option that nobody else does, where you can bet the no. And it is the greatest thing for golf bettors there is basically on the face of the planet because in a tournament like this past week, there would have been no way for me to straight hedge that. Yep. In a tournament in which yeah. in a tournament in which anyone in the field can go ten under. Because you was, gotta play Yeah, there was you just gotta no play way. like five guys. Because yeah, I yeah. get asked that every Sunday when I have a guy, it's like, Are you hedging? I'm like, I gotta wait for in game because the, yeah. when the leaderboard is so condensed, you know, it's one thing if you've got like a three shot gap with the top yeah. two or three guys with the rest of the field and you feel secure that you're going to keep that there. So yeah, there, there, there's like no way to play like, you know, half a dozen guys uh, necessarily in this thing, especially an event like that where, you know, you're going to have to shoot 28 plus under yeah. or something to win, to win the thing. It's you know different when you got to shoot 12 under and that's going to be uh, your winning score. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's the only way really to kind of, hedge out of that stuff but i want to bring up something that matt yep. brought up last week with the amex this is a tournament i probably will have less exposure on uh, next mm -hmm. season because you got to know which tournaments are your strong ones i think we all have each our yeah. strong ones you know you're somebody's pretty good at one event somebody's good at another mm -hmm. the amex has never really been a great event for me because i had a lot of placement markets in position and they just nosedived mm -hmm. on sunday and if you're making pars you're gonna get passed yeah you're going to yeah. be passed yeah. by so many guys. So something maybe to keep in mind next year with uh, an event where, look, an amateur can win it, for God's sake. Yeah, and exactly. Did. Exactly. And, and that's that's something I think as we move forward, you know, we'll we'll always talk our strategy. And listen, like my strategy is ever evolving with all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as different things become available to us in these markets and how things evolve, like I, I'm not going to be steadfast and all that. And listen, it's my strategy. I think it's y'all strategy as well i know there's a lot of people out there who are just hashtag team no hedge and they're just like you never hedge and if you hedge then you're an idiot and all it's like i am firmly against that i'm firmly yes. on the other side of that especially in golf of all things where one guy win you again you had there's no better example of it than this past week 
you have a multiple time winner on the PGA tour standing on the 17th tee mm-hmm. against an amateur and he dunked it in the water. Like, I right. mean, like it's like, it's in, he's the one that dunked it in the water, not the amateur. Like it's just, it's, it is one guy wins a tournament and one bad swing can completely alter. He finished T seven. Yeah. He went from winning the damn tournament to finishing T seven, you know, it's in. So it, it, I feel good about the fact that I, took the no price on, on Burns. And like, I was going to win some money if he lost, I was going a whole lot more if he won, but I mean, you know, I finished the tournament in the black and that's really all I can, all I can ask for, you know? Yeah. You got to be an earner with this thing. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you learn by losing like lesson learned for me. Cause I was in the red uh, with this thing. Cause the placement market just fell apart for me on uh, Sunday. So yeah, that that's the way you got to do it. And that's why we emphasize these placement markets because most week, that's going to be how you earn your money or at least break even and recoup losses, uh, you know, because because the outrights are even tougher to hit. Look, we've had what a 200 to one, a 300 to one, and I think maybe even a 400 to one win in the first three weeks. And, uh, you know, this show's called Long Shots. We just hadn't been on the right long shots. <laughs> we hadn't been on the right ones yet. We'll see what happens this week. We'll give you our cards right here after these uh, brief messages. All right, Kelly Bidlin, this is why people tune into this thing. I kid, they want to hear the process of getting to all of these picks, but let's go ahead and hear what has made your card so far. And I want to put the caveat out there so far. It's a short week for all of us. We're coming off of a NFL week. We're writing articles. We're doing other stuff. You're doing hardwood handicap. There's a lot of stuff going on. So we reserve the right to add a play or two uh, by the time this thing tees off on Wednesday morning. If I remember to, I will try to tweet out like anything that does get added to to the card. Yeah, this is um, yeah. I, there's a couple more things I know I'm going to add pre-tournament. So I every all my stuff will be up at Visa.com. All our stuff will be up at Visa.com. Go there and check uh, later today. I'll have my full card loaded. Um, I do think though, Matt. You, you know, there was a couple guys we were talking. You were and I were discussing before we started recording that I do think there's a strategy to that you can take this week with looking at getting in on some guys live when we talk about the difference between that South Course and North Course and how they play. Um, and you know, some guys that start out on the South course that might, might, uh, you know, have a little bit tougher time in that first round, get that easier course in the second round. I might look, I think I'm going to be looking on some of the shorter, shorter, uh, odd guys to jump yeah. in after the, the first round. That is a, that is a, that is a already in the books strategy for me for yeah. Xander and Max. Like, I don't like their numbers where they currently sit. Um, they both start on the South. I'm hoping they play okay, but just can't score as well as some people that start on the North. And then we get a more favorable look at both of those guys. They're both at the very top of the odds board. And it's just a little too short for me. Like Xander, you know, nine to one on Xander. I get he's had a lot of success there. The guy in one in 18 months. So I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, yeah. it's like, like, you know, I mean, but, I get it. it. It's, but you know, it all so, goes back to what you said, Matt. Like this is a new golf betting world. Like look at it the, look at this car, uh, you know, look at the odds today. We're, we're talking about, a tournament of this caliber and we don't have John Rom, we don't have Scotty Scheffler, we don't have Rory McIlroy. So I, this is, and I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to be argumentative when I say, I'm just saying it's, there's four guys at the top that clearly belong at the top to me. And I think that you could make a strong case for actually betting any four of them and the odds being okay with what the rest of the field looks like. To me, the problem for me is that there's just all the one guy I would toss out is Cantley. I actually don't have much interest in betting him this week. I think Shoffley, Morikawa, and Homa 
are both really strong, really strong and sticking out to me. I, I just don't, there's not enough of a separation for me to go in on one, one here pre-tournament among, uh, uh, you know, instead of the other. So I think I'm just going to wait, I'm going to wait and handle that after the first round. And then I think there's two, there's two interesting names you guys pointed out earlier that I believe one, one of the two, if not both are on your cards of Min Lee and Ludwig. And I just frankly don't have any interest in betting those guys yet where, I do have one prop bet on Ludwig I'll get to, but like, I kind of want to see it a little bit first. Like this is what we've kind of already made the odds jump with these guys where it looks like they've won and played all this, you know, played all these years on the PGA tour. And I'm, I'm just not convinced that these odds, these odds are truly accurate for where they should be for those makers don't want to get exposed on those guys because they're proven winners on the DP world tour. And actually Ludwig did get his first PGA tour win uh, uh, late in the season in the finale. But yeah, if you go by like the trends, the trends aren't those guys as friends. No, those guys may have the talent to supersede them. But if you look, uh, you know, 13, I, I think it was uh, 20 of the last 22 had played in at least five Farmers Insurance Open events. And these are first timers here. You know, Hoygaard, you could throw him in the mix. Nikolai Hoygaard sure. as well. 17 of the last 19 had at least one top 10 finish here. 26 of the last 30 winners had at least four previous career wins on the PGA Tour. Homa fell into that trend last year as well. So, yeah, this is an event that you see a lot more veteran guys, even if they're in their late twenties, these are guys that have played here several times. So that's why I kind of took a stand against these guys this week. Uh, Cause I want to see it a little bit more. So I'm not shocked to see them priced that way, but it's like they're priced better than more proven players right out yeah. here. So and, and you hit you it, know. Wes, you hit it. It's, it is, look, there are sharp golf betters. They're going to bet these guys and it, yeah, the books don't want too much, too much exposure. I think on long, longer odds. A couple of years ago, these guys been maybe 50, 60 to one. Yeah. And you'd be like, Oh my God, I got to grab that number. Yes. I, you know, there's a long way of me discussing. I just think we're in a, this is a different world. And I think it, it really, it's really glaringly obvious this week. I think with this specific tournament, when you look at this type of odds board. So um, where I started out is um, I haven't bet him yet. I will be betting him though. Sung JM, I will be betting him pre-tournament here. I'm a little concerned though, because I don't believe I saw him on Wes Reynolds card. Who's been all. Yeah. He was like my last leave off. I was actually debating kind of in that mid range. I'll play him for a top 20 or something like that. But I'm worried. He's the guy I'm worried that I left off. That's going to win. Yeah. So I do think I, I started there. Um, I will be looking, I think to add one of those top three guys after that first round, if I get that opportunity, like, you know, like with Homa or Shoffley, like we talked about Matt on the South course uh, starting off there. So I will be looking to add those guys in tournament. I do think, I, I, I do think that they are the rightful favorites there. Um, so Sung Jay, and then I know everybody uh, gasped when I say this next name, Keegan Bradley is on my card this week, 33 to one uh, for Keegan. You could shop around. You probably find longer than seeing him at DraftKings right now, 35 to one um, did grab him. This is a guy who's been playing. He's been playing well. Um, I know, uh, I know we've had the bad beats here already on Keegan. Um, Look, it's also a guy who's played well at the at this tournament here recently too. I think we always think of Keegan. We think of some of these majors and Northeast courses and stuff like that. But second here a year ago, T sixteen a few years ago, he's had three top uh, top ten finishes in the past six t- times he's teed it up here. Um, so you know Keegan's played well here. Played an outright on him. Played a top twenty on him. 
Then one bomb-ish for me. I guess this is kind of a shorter number for this guy, but he has one here before. Uh, Luke List, long off the tee, 80-1. to Did play an outright on him uh, for here. Did win this two years ago. I think it's when he won here. Yeah, two years ago um, is when he took this down. So did play an outright on him. Top 20 then on Keegan, I mentioned. Then the one guy I was kind of hinting at earlier was Hideki. It doesn't really have the, you know, the recent results that really stick out to you, but stat wise, what he can do, you know, kind of around the green scrambling approach here, I think all lines up. We saw him finish last summer, pretty strong. Um, <clears throat> so I took a longer price in a top 20 in him plus two eighty five. I found out there, I think anything mid two two hundreds is worth playing. Um, and then the only other thing on my card right now, I did play Ludwig top Scandinavian. At plus 120. There's only about three other guys we'll be battling out with in that market. So that was the way that I chose to attack him. I, you know, really talking about Ludwig and Minwoo, and I'll let you guys get more to these guys, but I do think this, this is, look, a course that sets up well for both these guys. I understand that. Wouldn't be shocked at all if we see a lot of success from those guys this week. I'm just not, not prepared to get in on the outright markets with them. Wes, uh, you know, I want to, I do want to put this out there to people as well who look at course history here in this thing. Like, this is just a really tough ass golf course, and yeah. so, you know, uh, let's take okay, let's look at some of these these guys, for example, that you know have had some success here, and it's just like just to kind of give you an idea that if you like a guy and he got cut last year or whatever, like it's not the end of the world, right? No, I mean, we're looking yeah. at a okay, let's take Will Zalatoris, you know, pre injury. Zaltor's cut, then he finished seventh, then he got cut, and then he finished second, right? I mean, this is four consecutive years in this tournament. Tony Finau, you know, yeah. uh, like second, cut, cut, ninth. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know whatever. Like, so th there are like all these guys that have had success have some cuts that are mixed in here as well. That Max Homa won this thing last year, got cut the previous two chances that he had, you know, uh, with the uh, Farmers in the U.S. Open here. I mean, so there's like guys that have had success that also it's just mixed in with some cuts because this is just a very hard place to play. Yeah. It's a very tough course, you know? So yeah, here's a funnier one yeah. too. Uh, Jason day, second in 2014, won the thing in 2015, missed the cut in 2016, <laughs> missed the cut in 2017, then wins in 2018 and then finishes <laughs> fifth in 2019. So yeah. you get, I mean, all these guys have like missed a cut. It is very, very rare to see, you know, numbers on all the grid here, whatever grid you use in terms of looking at, re at previous form, everybody's missed a cut here. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I don't want people to be shied off and go like, yeah. ah, but this guy missed the cut last year. It's like, yeah, but a lot of guys have missed the cut. And, you know, I mean, Max Homa won last year. He missed the cut. The year, he missed the U.S. Open cut, and he missed the, the cut the year before here at the Farmers. So, I mean, like, he had two consecutive cuts on this course to come back and win it the year after that. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Golf's hard. And it's, it's really hard when it's on a hard course. So just it, like, don't let it scare you off. If a guy didn't have a good finish here last year, because it doesn't mean he can't have a good finish here this year. Sorry, Wes. I didn't want to de de derail no, everything, but it's just one of those things where like, I've heard a, a lot of point. times, like yeah. I had a couple of buddies text me and they're like, yeah, but he looked like, he looked like shit here last year. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't really mean. Yeah, look, look at know. the surrounding four yeah, years. There's yeah, five a lot years, of guys yeah. that look horrible. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that look horrible on this course at times. So, all right, Wes, who's on? Uh, who's on your card? Yeah, and 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 I went with the intermediate. I did not go with the top guys with Shafle, Homa, Cantlay, Morikawa. Uh, passed on Ludwig as well. Certainly has the talent and the ability to win here, but need to see a little bit of something. So then I kind of went to those 
you know, maybe seventh, eighth, ninth guys on the board. And Kelly played one of them in, in, in Sun JM. So I was down to Sun Jay, Jason Day, who, who profiles great here, obviously, but I just thought the number was a little short at 25. Yeah. So I went with another 25, and that's Tony Finau. Uh, five top tens, four top sixes in his seven appearances here. I think he shook off some rust. He finished just inside the top 30 last week, but all four rounds were in the 60. I just think if you look at last year, he was actually the second choice on the odds board behind John Rahm, who at that point I believe was the defending champ. Obviously, had won the U.S. Open here, and now he's like the ninth choice on the odds board because of the addition of Ludwig and Minwoo Lee. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a little bit of a dip, even though it doesn't feel like a twenty-five to one. Tony Finau has really dipped, but I kind of think he has. You know, this is a guy that's got great form here. Very good off the tee. I think he fits more this type of thing than some kind of random birdie fest like at, at the American Express at Palm Springs. So Tony Finau, 25 to 1. And then a guy who may be the outlier for my trend, even though he has a lot more experience here, having played this maybe not in tournament play, but he grew up two hours from here. Sahith Thigala, 33 to 1. Began 2024, runner-up at the Century, finished fourth here last year. He also fits the little narrative that Max Homa brought to the forefront last year. Won the Fortnet in the fall, and then won the Farmers in the spring. So maybe Sahif Figala can make that two years in a row at 33-1. to uh, Sepp Straka, 50-1. to If you asked even hardcore golf fans to list the current top 20 players in the official world golf rankings, Sepp Straka might be the least listed name <laughs> at number 17, but yeah. this is a guy that's won two straight seasons, uh, won the John Deere last year, was seventh at the PGA, second at the Open, uh, of course, won the year before at PGA National at the Honda Classic. He does pretty well on difficult golf courses, actually, uh, even though put aside the John Deere, which is a birdie fest, but he does well on classical courses, so I think he could go well here. One name that got mentioned earlier already, Harris English, 53-1. Uh, to 1. Uh, a 10th and a 14th in Hawaii to start the year. So pretty good form lost the playoff here actually to Scott Stallings in uh, 2015, but has a couple top tens here at the farmers in his career. And remember he was third and right in the mix at the U S open in 2021 that John Rahm eventually won with those birdies on 17 and 18 on Sunday. And then uh, Louis Oosthuizen with an errant drive on the 71st hole ended up second Harris English was right behind in third, he's won on POA before. Granted, it's less bumpy POA on the East Coast, having won at the Travelers a couple of years ago. But I think he'll be comfortable on these greens. And Matt, you talked about guys that miss cuts, you know, and not to worry about guys that miss cuts. What about a guy that's missed it three times in a row? And that's Bo Hosler at mm-hmm. 66 to 1. Uh, but he played probably the best golf of his career yeah. to end uh, did this, at least the most consistent uh, nine top 30s in his last 10 starts. Uh, California native best finish here is uh, ninth in 2020. I think he's a better player now. He's really good around the greens too. He's one of those guys in scrambling strokes gained around the green that profiled very high. And then another name that was mentioned, who's kind of drifted a little bit. I found him at 70 to one and that's Hideki Matsuyama, uh, two top tens and five last five starts here at Torrey was third here at 2019. Doesn't leap off the page, but if you look at guys who are good with long irons and you're going to have to have, a lot of 200-plus-yard shots or 175 to, like, 190, 200. Matsuyama's right there. His approach numbers are very good. 
And he kind of fits the profile of like a veteran player that wins here. Justin Rose did it a few years ago. Guy that's a little bit older, got some experience, got a few wins, might not be playing well coming in, and then all of a sudden shows out. So Matsuyama, 70 to 1. I didn't go with the deep bomb this week, but my longest shot was 80 to 1. Patrick Rogers, uh, uh, who does have a couple top 10s here. Uh, is in the FedEx Cup top 50, so he's actually in all the designated events uh, for the rest of the year. Should have won that PGA Tour, that first win. Actually, he probably should have won it years ago, but still hasn't. Uh, Barracuda got beat in the playoff by Akshay Batia. So Patrick Rogers is one of those guys. He might be like a Luke List where, you know, hasn't won, and then all of a sudden, you know, gets that big breakthrough here. And uh, Patrick Rogers, 80-1, to uh, finishes the card. So, guys, if you listen to all last year, we do not discuss our plays before we come on this podcast. So, I have had some of my plays disparaged by people on here, and I've had some of my plays that equal other people's plays on here. So, just to let you know, that lets you know we don't discuss this stuff, and it's not just like, oh, we're all just like putting in the same stuff when it all comes down to it, because I did in fact, play Minwoo Lee this week. I was waiting to play him for this specific tournament. I didn't want to play him in the tournaments leading up to this. This was the one that I was holding off on him. Yeah, 25 to 1 is not the greatest thing in the world, but I don't know how many more 25 to 1s we're going to get with him once things get rock and rolling. So I'm, I'd rather be early than late. This course just fits everything he does except for those long irons with him. And with that, I think if he can just be average with the long irons everything else is just he puts great his short game is great he bombs it off the tee everything's it's just you look at the long iron numbers they're not they're not great and so yeah. if he can just be kind of field average with those i think he can be in the mix and we'll be going with that but again wes i we didn't talk i played jason day um it's it's one of those things when i look as a, at a guy who has been ridiculously consistent at this course over the years, it's Jason Day. And, you know, you look at those couple of missed cuts of recent, that's when he was dealing with all that injury stuff and that he, you know, all the back injury things, the stuff that was going on in his personal life and all of that. I mean, outside of that, Day's record here has just been absolutely fantastic. First, fifth, 16th, there was that missed cut in 21, but then a third, seventh. In his last two trips as well. It just great, great form. These Aussies, I kind of like them here in this on this course. The way that you got to grind, the way that its course is not going to be a birdie felt like I like a guy like Jason Day. And as I said earlier, uh to a couple of podcasts ago, I like to take the old guys early in the season because I don't know what they're gonna look like as the season progresses, yeah, right? That's I mean, what happened with me saying. with Justin Rose at Pebble yeah. Beach last year, and he yeah. ends yeah. up winning. Yeah. yeah, I just like to play the old guys early, uh, especially guys with injury history like, like a Jason Day. He's healthy right now, and so I will play him healthy right now. He is also my one and done this week. I'm playing Jason Day as my uh, as my one and done pick this week. That was going to be mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes, I also played Sahith. Um, it's just... If you look, this guy, he's going to win a bunch of tournaments. Like, so, like He's going to win a bunch of tournaments along the way. The, ga- the game is just way, way, way too good for him not to. I also played first-round leader on the north course with Sahith Gala. Uh, you can get that at 22-1 to 1 as well. He is starting on the north. He's a guy that I think could go out and shoot low in a first round on a north course where 
maybe the wetter conditions actually do help a little bit because as Wes, as you mentioned, like it'll hold the ball a little bit better. Any stuff, you know, some of the stuff might not roll off into the rough. Your drives might be a little bit more accurate. And um, so I, I'm hoping he can kind of get out to a lead here and then grind it out on those last three days over on the South. But uh, give me first round leader on him as well for first round leader on the North course. I also played Sepp Straka. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, All right. Like, I also played Sepp Straka. Um, and same deal. Well, just, I mean, he fit every one of these categories. It was shocking to me how high he was in the models for me, uh, given the price that we're getting on him at 50 to 1. I mean, Sepp Straka in one of my models was as high as 12. Um, he, he feels like he doesn't get any respect yeah, at all, despite the fact that yeah. he was part of the Ryder Cup team and, you know, becoming a more consistent player, I think, every year on tour. Yeah, but, I mean, as I mean, high as 12. The problem, yeah. right? It's just the consistency, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that. I always love I love watching the guy. I feel like when he's on, he's so on, and he's as good as anybody. It's just the consistency. Yeah, so it was, I, I mean, again, the odds just didn't match where he was showing up comparatively to everybody else in the field. My one strictly model play that uh, is, you know, I dug in, I looked at the numbers, I kind of get why the model loves him. I'm not in love with the play myself, but my one bomb is Sam Stevens at mm -hmm. 175 to one. He was inside the top 25 in every version of the model that I ran. And again, I put heavy emphasis on driving distance. I put heavy emphasis yeah. on things like that. He's one of the longer guys on tour. He puts really well on POA, which I also put into the model. So, I mean, I see why he right. finished as high as he did. You're not loving some of the bogey avoidance stuff. You're not loving some of the, uh, you know, other, other numbers on approach and things like that. But again, 175-1, I'm not expecting him to win, but we've had weird things happen so far this season and the model loved him. So that is kind of the one true model play for me those are the only five outrights in the account right now as i said i'm looking to play xander and max in game at better numbers because they do start on the south and i'm hoping that those numbers drift i think i will play jj spawn in some way shape or form i don't know i don't know what that might be i don't know if that's an outright or a top 10 or a top 20 or whatever but jj spawn is like ridiculously high in all of my mind, like ridiculously high. He's in the top 10 in two of them. I mean, like literally I, I don't get it. It's just, yeah. again, he, he's it's inside the top mind. two in, in a couple of them. Um, so I will be playing JJ spawn in some way, shape or form top 10 Keegan Bradley top 20 on Sung Jay and Luke list top 40 on Taylor Pendrith and Doug Gim. And those are strictly model plays on the top forties there on Pendrith and Gim. Both of those guys uh, way, way higher than the prices kind of indicate on those guys. And so, uh, Pendrith Gim top 40 Sung JM Luke list top 20 Keegan Bradley top 10 and TBD on JJ spawn. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with somewhat of a home game for JJ spawn too. much mm -hmm. will be made of Xander being from San Diego. JJ spawn also played his college golf at San Diego state. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what are you looking at? Kelly? I see some, I see a look on your face. I know people can't see you. This is yeah, an audio yeah. only, but like what, what's going on? Uh, there's a look on my face. Uh, there's a look on my face. Cause you're talking about, uh, look, we've talked about this a lot early in the season. We, we draw so much off of our data. There was a name that both of you guys uh, brought up that I kind of had in mind entering this tournament. Didn't really spike model wise and stat wise. So I stayed away from him, but uh, you can make it a pod play on Sahith. Cause I will be, oh, I, right, I'm going to be, go. you guys right. have talked to me in. I'm going to be, I'm going to be joining go. the boys and bet, bet. There we go. There we go. Listen, Kelly last, last 24 rounds. If you run it, he is the only guy outside of like 
the Xander Collin can't lay whatever that is green all the way across the board. Like not even like okay. no, no red, no shade of red, no even pink. Like he's the only guy that is green all the way across the board, meaning he's inside like the top 40 ish, you know, in the field and basically all of the categories and stuff. He, his last 24 rounds have been ridiculously, ridiculously good. So hell let's play the heater, right? Let's let, let yeah, let, let's it. do it. Let's do it. I was hoping to bet him anyways. I kind of had him. I kind of was thinking it going into it. And, uh, he just, he, the, the models, he didn't pop in the models, but we've talked about that. If you listen week after week, we talk about how early in the season, we're less reliant on that stuff. And I'm more, I'm more willing to, to, to fire from the gut a little bit more, uh, than, you know, what we're going to be later in the season. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, eighth overall in my 24, eighth overall in my okay. wow. eighth overall in my 24, 11th in my 36, and where did he come in? 14th in the 50. So um, he, he did pop for me again. I put weighted, you know, I weighted things a little bit differently than than a lot of people uh, this week. I guess when it's all said and done. What we're what what will happen is is Keegan will have the lead on the 16th hole in the fourth round and he'll and then he'll blow, and then and then he'll blow it to Ludwig. already happened and then he'll blow it to Ludwig, Ludwig that we don't have yeah that we <laughs> that, that was have, none of us have it yeah yeah and then he'll blow yeah. it to Ludwig and yeah that we don't have no 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 that's not right he'll blow it to find someone in the uh, triple digits that like Chess and Hadley you know like Chess yeah. and Hadley is gonna win it or something yeah like. it's gonna be Taylor Montgomery when I don't bet him in a West Coast event uh, uh, a couple placements yeah. uh, though that I'm probably gonna place and I'll have them all up. Uh, tonight because i gotta give them up obviously but uh, by the morning up at the picks page uh, I'll, I'll play a couple of the chalks top 20 homa morikawa i think that makes sense uh sunjay tony finau and then probably top 30s that's where i'll go maybe sahif and and straka uh i i probably will have a top 40 on will salatoris i've seen some people actually tout him for the win this week i still feel like i need to see a little bit more uh, from Zalatoris. I, I do. He seems healthy, though. The fact that, OK, I'm playing this bear of a golf course, even though he almost won here a couple of years ago. He seems healthy. The fact that he's playing this 72 hours later. So, you know, you trust players judgment that they know their bodies uh, and know how they feel. But I couldn't get there with Zalatoris, even though he did pop on a lot of the models this week. Yeah, I was hoping he wasn't going to like everyone was just going to instantly give him like credit again. Like, I mean, like he would be a fun, like 85 to one ticket to have in your account or yeah. something, but right. like yeah. at, at like 50, you're kind of like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. We have one tournament of sample size of him playing well. And like, he's already back to like being in the same breath yes. with, with guys that we have, you know, seen do this kind of weekend week out for the last bias. Years. Recency yeah. bias. Everybody remembers that he should have won this two years ago. No disrespect to Luke list. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of gave it away on the back nine, found themselves in a playoff. And then Luke list, who's not one of the better putters on the tour. Well, when you're a horrible putter, just stiff it to three feet on yeah. the playoff hole and then uh, make a short birdie. And, uh, you know, that should have been Zalatoris's first win on the PGA tour, but it wasn't. Yeah. One other thing I want to bring up quick before we go, guys, it's just Matt it was another thing you and I were talking before, before we hit record, but it was the we don't often talk about it on here. I think often because we're not we don't get these opportunities, but I know everybody living rest of country uh, outside of Nevada has a lot more availability to some of these odds boost bets and stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, we're still betting. This is betting, whether whether it's the NFL, college basketball, NBA, golf. We're still betting, and if you do get a guy who is boosted from a, like I'm just gonna take the guys at the top. I mean, if you saw, if I saw Shoffley Morikawa Homa 
boosted to 15, it's a bet for me at that number. I might not be betting those guys at 12, yeah. but it's a bet for me at 15, and it would be. And it's just, I do think that's, I know that's something we're not able to talk directly to everybody's individual situation, but they, it just keep in mind, obviously those boosts do they do matter. And those are just because we talk about guys that we like and fit stat profiles and stuff like that. Numbers are still are the, are the end all be all with what we end up betting that that's what matters the most. So I, there was, you know, there was a situation with Sung Jay here in town at Caesars that me and you were discussing Matt specifically, but I just want to spread that message. I think to everybody else rest of country that has many more options when it comes to that stuff, that it's not something we ignore. We, there, there is absolute value in that. Yeah, no, it, there's, any any odds boost anything like i mean take advantage of all of that stuff mm, i mean like no. seriously like like take advantage of all of that stuff because it, it will it will pay off over time you yeah. know i mean like that's the thing is it, yeah. it will it will pay off over time and certainly something that we should uh we should be looking at whenever we do all this guys as we said be sure and head over you'll get all the plays if you happen to miss anything and anything we add will be up over there as well including west's dp world tour stuff will be over on visa.com as well so be sure and take advantage of that. If you want to tweet at us, any questions, any thoughts, any uh, stuff that you're looking at here, of course, you can always tweet at us over on the Twitter machine for West for Kelly. I am Matt. Good luck on all your farmer's bets. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.